you are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am one of your hosts this evening, Mike, and I am joined by the ever-fabulous Austin. Hello. Are you enjoying your tea? Yes. Okay. It's cool that you're drinking tea, actually, because you're kind of in theme or on brand for our episode tonight. Um, before we dive into this episode's topic, I want to uh, issue just a, a small disclaimer. So this episode includes information on the use of herbs, some of which are known to be poisonous or toxic, okay? And we ask our listeners to be very careful when working with any herb, um, because even non-toxic herbs can trigger serious allergic responses in many people. Um, if you're looking to learn more about herbs and plant medicine, please seek out qualified teachers and practitioners. Information originating in internet trends is not reliable, and frankly, it could get you killed. So, with that being said, our topic this evening is plant spirits. I love plant spirits. Yeah, you and I both work uh, fairly closely with plant spirits, right? As, mm -hmm. as many witches also do, right? And folk practitioners do. Um, I think they've always kind of been a part of our practice, really. You know? I, would, I would agree, particularly for witches. Um, well, witches, indigenous people, and anyone who has a close tie to the land... Magical practitioners, folk trash, folk trash, folk, folk practitioners. Slow, slow, slow down, folk practitioners. Um, uh, because we have things that are that grow wild all around us, and uh, we work with the genus loci, right? And so, okay. so okay, so since you mentioned the genus genus loci, okay, because one of the things that I wanted to make sure we clarified on this episode is what what are these spirits really? When we talk about, well, you know, we use you know, things like the phrase, you know, plant spirits or genus loci, you know, um, what are they? Do you want to elaborate on that? The genus loci, we actually take that down um, to its words, loci, local around genus or genus, um, the, 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 the specific types of plants that are in your local area, right? Okay. Um, and so when we're talking about the genus loci spirits, um, these are plants that would be found native to the area. Sometimes not native. You know, we live in a world now where we can order seeds for exotic plants online. Mm -hmm. And once that plant is here, it doesn't necessarily become a part of the genus loci, but it becomes a part of your genus loci. Okay. Well, I mean, it, 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 I mean, you know, you know, continuing on that, that, you know, a little bit, you know, I mean, you've got, um, you know, as you were saying, you know, we, we can now because of, you know, uh, developments in, you know, technology, science, these kinds of things, just, you know, we've gotten smarter, right, over the last few centuries, it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but we, we have gotten smarter. Um, we can take plants that, that, that would, that would grow naturally on the other side of the world, and we can cultivate those in mm -hmm. a way to where, where we can get those to grow in our backyard now. Yeah, you most know? definitely. Um, you know, not always, but, you know, but a lot of the time, right? You know, and as those plants, I think, do grow, you know, they do, as you mentioned, they do become kind of a part of the, the local, you know, plant kingdom mm -hmm. of that area, right? I mean, we've got plants that, that grow here commonly now that we just associate with, like, they're just native plants, right? Mm -hmm. Though if we look at the history of those plants, no, they, they, they really, they well, aren't. things like lavender. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking, like, a lot of the Mediterranean plants mm -hmm. because those grow really well here in our area of the world. But they're, of course, not native to this world uh, or area of the world. Excuse me. So, all right. So why would we as uh, folk practitioners, witches, you know, whatever, whatever the, the title may be, why would we want to work with, with plant spirits in particular? Plant spirits are so close to 
us physically. There are physical representations of these plant spirits, and they are literally rooted in the earth beneath our feet. And so when we're working with these plant spirits, we're not just working with lavender because lavender brings peace and it can purify. We're working with lavender because that spirit in particular has a certain proclivity to those things for our work and what we're doing. And so when we're working with the genus loci, we'll find a little bit more power. So, you know, example, in Utah, sage, not white sage, but sage mm -hmm. grows wild in Utah. Mm -hmm. You can literally get it off the side of the road. That is going to be a very powerful plant spirit because it has probably seen a lot more than we have. It's been around longer. And so not only will it give us ancient energy, so to say, but it has some experience on its hands. Okay, so or leaves. Or so basically, so basically, you need to kind of paraphrase what you're saying. These spirits can be really powerful allies yes. for us, you know. And I think if we look at some of the old stories, you know, we're kind of you know crossing over into the lines of like folklore, you know, and mythology a little bit. You know, plants, herbs, trees, mm -hmm. flowers. You know, these things, the plant kingdom, plant spirits. They've always, in a sense, been uh, portrayed as uh, teachers, in a way for spiritual practitioners, right? Most um, you know, beyond that, we see such strong associations or ties between herbalism as a practice, mm -hmm. uh, working and utilizing the power of plant spirits, the intelligence of plant spirits, um, and other spiritual practices, right? Like, I don't think there's a single culture in the world uh, that at some point in history has not utilized plant spirits for some sort of religious, spiritual ceremony or ritual, mm -hmm. right? Whether it be the use of ayahuasca, in South uh, South American uh, or Mesoamerican cultures, uh, you know, here in our area of the world, uh, peyote yep. is uh, is was is common. Um, you know, and I'm not even just talking like that. I'm talking like like many things, right? Like the use of herbs for doing uh, like a kernips ritual. You love the kernips mm -hmm. ritual that you do now as a part of your personal practice. You know, um, you mentioned fumigation, mm -hmm. the burning of sacred herbs. Right. I mean, we we see again every culture utilizing every culture utilizes incense as well. So yeah, which is or or was you know once upon a time always based on plants and yeah. herbs. Right. That was what went into <clears throat> making the incense that we were often using for our spiritual uh, work. So yeah. So the, so these are things I think that a lot of people have been using that that just as as you know a collective humanity that we've been using for you know thousands and thousands of years now. Um, but I don't think a lot of people are conscious of that or they don't realize like, oh, wow, like you're you're already using these spirits and working with them. Um, but think how much more powerful that could be if you were doing it consciously. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, and that's <clears throat> the thing is it as for as much as a lot of witches out there claim to be green witches um, simply because they use herbs, that's just one part of green witchcraft and plant witchcraft mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i know that rosemary is lovely for purification it's great for protection it can be used in healing it can be used in a whole slew of things but that particular plant spirit has told me that it wants to work with me in a particular manner and so I will utilize rosemary mainly for purification and protection. I won't use okay. it for healing. 
Okay. Though I can, and it will work with me that way, it's told me I would work better with its energies for those things. I see. Okay. All right. Okay, so as someone who works directly with these spirits and the, the physical, like the body of the plant, you know, because these these are, I think, if we look at this in in, you know, maybe slightly different circumstances or in a slightly different way, when we talk about plant spirits, what we're really talking about is we're talking about what would in essence be the the soul, the intelligence, the consciousness of the plant. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, when I have this conversation, because I teach you know classes on green witchcraft, these kinds of things, when I have this conversation or when I make comments like that, a lot of people, I, I lose a lot of people with that kind of a comment, right? People are like, well, it's, it's, a, it's a plant. What do you mean it has a soul what do you mean it has an intelligence you know and you know and and to those people all i can say is that that these these are indeed these are living beings Mm -hmm. you know and again if we go back to the concept of animism we have to uh, believe we have to understand that everything has some degree of intelligence or or soul or spirit you know and so we we need to you know be be working with our plants, I think, with that belief if we want to get the most out of them. And I mean that even just from the perspective of an herbalist. You know, I'm the herbalist here in the shop. And, you know, and I, I talk to the plants, you know, as I'm formulating things. I, I made a medicinal formulation for someone in the shop today. And, and you know, while I'm, I'm blending and preparing those herbs and putting them through the mortar and pestle process, you know, to grind them down, you know, I'm talking to those things. I'm charging them. I'm giving them not only my intent, but I'm trying to work with the spirit of those plants to make, to kind of wake them up. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, this is the work that we will now do to heal this person. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, with all that being said, <clears throat> um, we I think we need to uh, realize that these plants, when they are harvested, when we collect their leaves, their roots, whatever they may be, that these are plants that are in essence they are making a sacrifice. We are we are taking mm-hmm. we are taking a soul, you know. And it is not that we kill the spirit of the plant, right? Because we realize that those spirits are not mm-hmm. like ours. You know, they are they are you know they are. Um, or I should say they are like ours and that they are immortal and, and every particular, uh, you know, variety of plant is going to really, in, in some sense, share that same kind of spirit, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but um, but we, we need to be, I think, uh, respectful of that, you know? Um, and so talking about working with these things uh, respectfully, what else would you recommend or what else would you have to say to our listeners about being, being respectful when working with plant spirits? Part of being... Part of working with a plant spirit, much like when you're working with a deity or any other spirit, is you need to form a relationship. And so it's always better, if possible, to grow your own plants. Now, again, there are people out there who have black thumbs. I used to be one of those people. I used to have a thumb of death. And it wasn't until I started working with baneful or poisonous plants that I found the finesse it takes to grow things you know some Mm -hmm. some seeds you can just throw down they just kind of pop up Mm -hmm. others it takes finesse and so you need to do your research you need to learn what this plant is how does it like its climate um all those things but also you need to look into the folklore of that plant you know yes lavender is beautiful it is pretty it smells awesome it's used in purification and healing rites but how have other cultures, particularly cultures where lavender grows wild, how did they use it? In, in many of the same ways, for purification. Exactly. For, you know, yeah. But yeah. you can't take that plant spirit, something that is used for purification and and healing, and go, okay, you're now going to break down my enemy's walls. Hmm. You know? 
I'm sitting here as you're saying this. I'm sitting here in my head rattling around. It is like, how could I do just that well, to prove as a witch, Austin wrong? Well, as a witch, we can work <clears throat> with that plant spirit to some sort of degree to get that to happen. You know, lull them into a false sense of security to let their wards down mm-hmm. or not be as aware of things because of lavender's medicinal properties. But again, we find the medicinal properties and some of the magical properties will also coincide with each other. You know? Okay. So... Um, another good example is aconite. Aconite is extremely poisonous. It will kill you. Mm-hmm. However, its plant spirit is very welcoming. Its plant spirit is very calm. Oh, yeah, because it wants to kill you. It doesn't want to I kill you. I think it's like, it's like the spider luring the fly into its web. It's that like, is like, not, I'm so no. pretty. Put your nose in my, in my petals. Smell me. I smell so, yeah, it doesn't smell good. No. That and is... it's, and it's pollen is poisonous so that is not <coughs> the spirit of aconite sorry the spirit coughing. of aconite is very calm it's very calming yeah you know um it is most definitely a liminal spirit but well, i think it's also used i mean medicinally you can use aconite as, as a sedative yes aconite if, if, is you, used, if you know what you're if doing you know what you're doing aconite yeah. can be used to help treat chronic anxiety well, most of those poisonous things i find are really good for that actually now hold that thought because i want to talk specifically about the poisoner's path a little bit later okay so Okay, what about what about more mundane efforts? You know, we're, we're talking so much about using these things in the process of like like practice, spiritual practice. But mm-hmm. what about you know, like we see things like conservation. Okay, you know, like if you know that a particular variety of plant grows wild in a certain area, you know, like don't go to that area and do things that are going to basically violate and desecrate that ground. Don't right? go there. Um, don't do. What we as humans always do, which is go and take and take and take and take and take and take, well, over and never harvesting. leave anything else. Yeah, over harvesting, yeah, you know, always a huge issue. It, it happens all the time. You put it, it is this human nature. It's this human need of speak for yourself. Of it's not going to be here ever again. Even though I know exactly where it's going to be, I'll never be able to procure this again. So I'm going to take all of it now. Oh my God! It's like toilet paper during the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. Or, or bottled or, water. Or certain brands of my incense, you know? And it's just leave some for someone else. It will be here. It will be there. And if you treat that plant with respect, it will continue to grow. It will flourish. Okay. I still have wormwood growing in the backyard. Really? And yeah. It's thriving. Okay. Well, it's a fairly hardy plant. A lot of those artemisias are actually really pretty hardy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. It gets. It's going to get really, really cold here in the next couple of days. Well, I'm, I'm sure it'll probably go away then, but I went outside yesterday and I was like, it's a little chilly, hmm. but like, I'm still here. Okay. All right. Okay, you know what? Let's 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 go there. Let's talk about the poison path, okay? Because and I I don't, I don't want to clarify, you know, for for our listeners, you know, the the concept of the poison path or the poisoner's path is this is not a new thing. Um, that particular phrase, poisoner, poison path, poisoner's path, that particular thing has become, I think, very trendy of late. Um, you know, and I and that's a, that's okay. You know, this is actually, to be honest, this is one trend that I'm willing to get behind. Because there's good knowledge here, and a lot of it is knowledge that a lot of people have overlooked for a long time. Okay, but we know we have stories uh, that you know go back hundreds of years um, that detail quite clearly the use of 
what we would consider to be baneful herbs, like mm -hmm. toxic, poisonous things yep. that were components of particular practices. I, I mentioned a few of them earlier, you know, I, I threw out and I, I went there with a, you know, a fairly extreme example of herbs being utilized in spiritual practice, you know, and I threw out ayahuasca as an example. Um, the reason that ayahuasca has the effect that it does on people when you drink that tea is because that shit is poisoning you. Your body is trying to get that out. You know, um, and that's why people have the reactions that they do to ayahuasca. Okay, um, and it's not fun. Those of you who are listening to this, like white people who are re really curious about going and experiencing ayahuasca, oh god, please do your research on that. Okay, people have some really horrendous experiences on that herb. You know, and yes, it can be a very powerful spiritual kind of a thing, but ooh, not not for everyone. Well, and okay. you're not going to be able to do it appropriately because chances are. The, where you're going to find it is going to be the tourist ayahuasca, <clears throat> not the real ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There, there's like a whole industry that's built up around that um, particular, uh, you know, quote unquote ceremony um, that is not at all what the original indigenous yeah. people were, were doing. And it's, it's like really hurts. people people get really people get really hurt um, and, and robbed a lot of the time, too, because you pay a lot of money to go and have someone poison you. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. Uh, back, you know, back on topic though. So, um, but, but it's not just that. I mean, we, you know, we, we see old stories about, you know, and we even have like an older grimoires. We have recipes for things like flying ointment where huh? you've got like, I mean, you've got belladonna and, you know, like, I mean, night, I mean, you've got these things, you know, these herbs in there that are, um, you know, like if you ate this, this would kill you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and in some situations you would eat it, you know? Um, and. You either knew what you were doing and you ate just the right amount because that's whoever you're spiritual elder was that's what they taught you right like they did it they survived here you go your turn right but i, I often wonder sometimes like how many um incidents we have over the years of people who have uh you know basically like they've killed themselves because they've tried to do something and um whoops you got your dosage wrong you know um or not killed yourself maybe but like you know caused like the permanent serious damage right i mean because some mm -hmm. of these things even if they don't kill you like your liver is dead well and, you know? and that's a, that's a thing you know, yes, we live in a day and age where Western medicine has done some great things. You know, if you come across aconite and you so happen to get a whiff of that pollen, you go to the emergency room, they're probably going to be able to do something to help you out there. You know, but back in the day, there are, you, you were dead. What's one of the first symptoms of aconite poisoning? Do you know? Um, isn't it like really bad stomach pain? Yeah. Okay. Well, look at you. Wow. All right. Hi. Is that why my stomach hurts all the time, Austin? No. Oh, arsenic. That's what you're poisoning me with, not aconite. Sorry. I'm not poisoning you with They're any both start, of those They both start with an A. I got, I'm not poisoning I was, you with any of those I was things. confused. Okay. So, okay. Back to the poisoner's path. Though. So why, why is the poisoner's path of benefit? Okay. And again, I want to be very clear, going back to the disclaimer that we, we stated at the beginning of this episode, in no way are we trying to encourage that people go out and buy some aconite, buy some belladonna, whatever, and that you try to find a way to consume or ingest these things. Do not do that. It you, is a trap. You will die. Um, but the spirit, not the plant, not the physical body of the plant, but mm -hmm. the spirit of those plants can, again, those spirits can be very powerful yes, allies for us, you know, uh, particularly depending on what we're doing, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, you threw out, you know, the detail a few moments ago that aconite can be very powerfully sedative, mm -hmm. of course, right? It's trying to kill you, yeah. you know, but in the right dosage, 
you know, that's a nice nap, right? That's a nice nap. Um, that is a day with no anxiety. Oh, my God. Can you imagine what that would be like? No. Ugh. Um, well, so the poison path in and of itself is not just about poison. It's not just no. about just, you know, oh, finding the things I've, to kill you've, stuff. You've lost my interest now. Um, it is about learning how to honor those spirits and work with them appropriately. You know, um, a really good example is the first poison plant that I grew. I grew Datora, mm -hmm. which is pretty, pretty poisonous. Datora is not the queen of poisons, but Datora is pretty poisonous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I grew her. And as I grew her from seed, mm -hmm. I started developing this relationship with the spirit. I started having dreams of this beautiful green woman coming to me. Oh, you're going to make me jealous now. Gorgeous white dress. Okay. And talking to me and basically telling mm -hmm. me, like, this is what we do. This is how I work. You know, come with me, follow me, and being really open to working with me and protecting me and allowing me to get the get this taste of power. As witches, we're all in thing. We, we anyone who says they're not, not they're not in witchcraft for power is bullshitting you. Witches are striving for power always. Well, that's one of the things that we strive for. Yes, that's one of the things we tr we strive for. But plant allies, particularly baneful spirits. Baneful plants, poison plants, have very powerful spirits. They can kill you physically, but on a spiritual level, they have a lot of capability. Well, one of the reasons I know I like to work with the spirits of baneful plants is that these plants also are very often seen in, and this is, Again, this is something you'll find in a lot of different traditions, but these plants are very often seen as the kind of like the gatekeepers. And mm -hmm. I mean that in a positive way. The gatekeepers are the guardians for just the plant kingdom in general. Yes. Like these are the plants that like they patrol the perimeter, right? Yep. They're like, if you want to get access to the good healing kinds of stuff over here, you're going to need to get familiar with me first, you know? And so I find that working with or at least developing some degree of familiarity with these types of spirits is going to be helpful for you yes. in your work with other plants. Yes. Um, you know, beyond that, you know, as you were saying, they're very cool most of the time. They just have a really cool personality. Mm -hmm. um, well, most of the time, you know, we let's, let's, let's look at Belladonna. The spirit of Belladonna is very seductive. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, Bella Donna literally means beautiful lady or beautiful woman in Italian. And Bella Donna, she is very seductive. She can be used in domination. She can be used in glamour work, but she's also very protective. Okay. She's very protective <clears throat> and she will protect who she deems is hers hmm. by any means necessary. Oh. Aconite's even more protective. She sounds like if you make a don't uh, mess with her. If you make a strong connection with aconite, mm -hmm. it is probably the most protective plant I think I've ever encountered. Okay, and part of that, in my opinion, is because of its centrifugal focus in Hecate's garden. Oh, okay. It also keeps the werewolves away. Yes, that too. Although in some stories, it also was what created the first werewolf. Which is why it keeps werewolves away. Yes. Interesting. Some of this folklore. All right. So why would, again, for 
for our listeners because we already are, you know, fairly set in our practice and our, our, our knowledge pool. What would be the benefit to incorporating or incorporating something like the poisoner's path into your practice? Like as someone who was really kind of just getting your footing in well, witchcraft or folk practice. One, these plants are very old. I mean, all plants are old, but particularly the poison plants, there's a reason why there were poison tasters and kings and queens and leaders had people on their side who knew poisons because it is very knowledgeable. What can poison can also heal. Okay. All right. You're talking about the poisoner's path. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of like a balance, like what can harm can heal. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Which is of course always a, a point of balance that we look at when we're looking mm-hmm. at these kinds of spiritual practices. Again, right? Detora, super poisonous mm. when decocted appropriately and created into an ointment or a salve. Mm. Really, really good for people who have nerve damage or nerve pain. Yeah. I like it. I made that that flying ointment with the Torah, and it, it seems to work well for me. Yeah. I don't know that it's working well for everyone else in the coven, but I, I seem to enjoy it. Um, well, I shouldn't say I enjoy it. I should say I get good use out of it. Because <laughs> most of the time, I don't remember using it after I've used it. Um, <clears throat> okay. I can talk about plants all night. Oh, no, you're good. Well, you know, we, we don't want to keep our listeners all night because, you know, God, we're we're boring. Um, I don't think I'm boring. No, I don't think we're boring either. I think we're actually pretty interesting people, but we do have a tendency to kind of yammer on about things. No. Um, sometimes. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's get practical. Okay, so how how would you explain to our listeners how do you go about bonding with these kinds of spirits i'm not just talking poisoning poisonous plants now okay but just just in general just plant spirits how would you recommend like we're talking like practical physical this is what you're doing to establish this relationship or connection okay you already mentioned one you already talked about growing your own growing your own um one of my favorite things to do obviously if the plant is safe is to consume a little bit of it to consume it yes to eat okay so all right so example um damiana Okay. Damiana is safe to consume in small quantities. Um, Damiana's spirit is, again, it's like it's like Belladonna light, honestly. Right. Um, it's very powerful for healing sexual trauma, um, and it can help induce a little bit of a trance state. So when I first started working with Damiana, I made a tincture out of it or okay i okay. thank you for clarifying that because i was going to ask you how how would you recommend people work with with damiana well i made a tincture out of it and i took it to see what i would feel and i did it for a prolonged period of time because with herbal stuff when you're consuming it it has to build up in your system okay um but you need to be very careful about you also need well. to be very careful yes because even relatively harmless herbs can can create issues cause problems for you yes. if you're using them prolonged yes, yes. um okay. so Another another thing um, is just take a little bit of the dried herb and just a little pinch of it on your tongue. What does it taste like dry versus what does it taste like in a tincture? Get familiar with its aroma, its taste, its texture, how it feels in your hands, and allow yourself to experience it. 
like with everything in witchcraft, it's about, it, it comes down to an experience. <clears throat> and so we have to be able to connect to it that way. Another really good way is a tea, you know, for safe herbs. You know, you want to connect with the spirit of lavender, make some lavender tea. It's delicious. It's nutritious. It'll make you go nine-nine probably. Um, but it, brew that tea with the intention of connecting with that spirit. Okay. And talk to it while you're brewing it. I'm so sorry. Plant spirits love to be talked to and they love to be sung to. Yes. All right. Why is it? Why do they love being talked to and sung to, Mike? Because there's energy there for one. Th well, for one thing, there's energy there in your voice, um, and it's an exchange. And I would assume, in the process of talking or singing, you're also sharing your your air, your breath, mm -hmm. with those plants in that way. And we know that they like to, you know, they like to breathe in carbon dioxide, and then yes. they, you know, put out oxygen. Yep. Yes. So. We already have, if you think about it in that way, already have kind of a very symbiotic relationship with the plant kingdom, mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate because we, we just don't seem to be very good roommates. Yeah, humans are shit. Our, on our planets, or on our, on our planet. I wouldn't say we're shit. I, I would say that we certainly have a lot of uh, waking up to do. We'll say that. Um, okay, so one method that I find is really something that I've used, and I think that the plant that I probably find I do this most commonly with is is the rose we have rose bushes in our, our backyard mm -hmm. at home and on occasion i will be called to go out and either harvest flowers stems you know we grow our own roses here we sell rose petals in the shop for people to do spell work and um you know and we and we grow those roses you know and in the process of going out and harvesting some of those components sometimes you know i will um i will deliberately you know prick my finger i will i will deliberately give that that rose bush my blood mm -hmm. um as a, a means of exchange for what i may be taking from it but um but there are other ways to do this too i mean i i've had an opportunity to do that with a couple of other herbs in the past where i've um you know made like maybe perhaps like a small cut somewhere and i'm not encouraging that people cut themselves okay please don't 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 take that message from this but um but i'll maybe make like a small cut and if, if again if the herb is something that is um not inclined to poison me <clears throat> or irritate the just the, the soft tissues of my body, um, I'll actually put like a, a small bit of herb in that cut um, or have and, and use that as a means of kind of, I would say, blood bonding mm -hmm. with that spirit. Um, and that's a fairly extreme kind of thing. But, you know, but we see other processes. I think it was uh, Gramasi who wrote, you know, and I... Um, you know, I like I like Raven Gramassi's work. Again, we we've talked about Raven Gramassi's writing as it would relate to traditional Italian witchcraft and folk practice, and we know that he really kind of dropped the ball a lot in that particular information. But uh, but his work with herbs and his knowledge of, of plant spirits, I think, is really mm -hmm. fairly fairly good. Um, and he talks Grimoire about Grimoire of the Thorn Blooded Witch. Um, I believe maybe that was the book, yeah. Okay. And he talks in that book about um, you know making again just like a small cut and making an offering of maybe just like three drops of your blood, uh -huh. you know, in water and going in and watering your plant or whichever plant it is you're trying to connect to watering that plant yeah. with, with water and blood. And I, I you know, in, in essence, again, I think that's kind of a, of a cool way to work ritualistically to bond ritualistically with uh, any kind of herb or plant or tree, mm -hmm. you know, um, like I'm giving you some of myself, uh, you know, in the process of trying to establish connection relationship with you before I even take anything from you. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you something of myself. Mm -hmm. you well, know? that's what I did with, with my Totora when I grew it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I had to wait until the proper time. And, and this is the thing. If you want to create a really strong bond with a plant spirit, um, particularly one that you feel that you're going to be working with a lot, obviously the plant spirit needs to be involved in that. Consent is key. Because um, you don't want to piss off a plant spirit just like you don't want to piss off a fairy. Um, but I was talking to her and she was growing um, and singing to her. And I kind of got this feel of like, yeah, I would, I'd like to bond with you. And I was like, okay, how would that like to happen? She was like, well, I would like blood. And so I went, okay, I can do that. So I just got some lancets, regular lancets. Yeah. And when the time came, I had to do it on a Saturday because most baneful herbs are ruled by Saturn. Um, she's ruled by Saturn, particularly she's Saturnian. Um, Saturn. Saturn. Saturnian. Yes. Okay. Um, she's Saturnian and, um, I had to do it on a Saturday. I had to do it in the hour of Saturn and I had to do it when Saturn, like when there was some sort of like astrological, you know, like I asked Tabitha about it cause I was like, yeah. I need yeah, all you, the yeah, Saturn energy say, yeah, if you need possible astrological info, ask Tabitha. Yep. I was like, I need all the Saturn energy possible. When is the best day for that on a Saturday? And Tabitha told me. And so that's when I did it. The minute I watered that plant with my blood, uh, it was, she just exploded. She grew bigger than I think I've ever seen Detour grow. I transplanted her from the pot into the garden and she just kept growing. She kept giving us flowers. She kept giving us seed pods. And she, you you would see her, the spirit of Detour, actually patrolling the backyard. Her job was to protect the backyard. Her job was to protect the Covenstead. And that's what she did. Okay. All right. I want to, uh, I guess not segue, but I want to, I want to kind of go off on a little bit of a topic here or, or on this topic a little bit. One of the things that I've noticed has happened with newer practitioners of late is and again i think a lot of this of course has a lot to do with like pop culture internet trends these kinds of things but also just by nature as humans we tend to be escapists mm -hmm. or we have a very strong escapist uh you know tendency uh many people and i've noticed that a lot of people in working with these spirits they seem to get really caught up on the ones that are i want to say more within the realm of like the recreational drug kind of category uh -huh. you know like i had a conversation with someone recently talking about plant spirits because they'd expressed an interest in green witchcraft and learning more about that. And I think they'd remembered at some point that I had taught a class on that recently and, you know, what that really is. And, um, you know, and they cracked a joke, but I, but I could tell by the way they said it that like they really were joking, but they were also fairly serious. Um, they were basically like, they're a huge pothead, you know, they, they smoke a lot of weed and, um, you know, and I'm not anti-marijuana. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I think marijuana should be accessible to anybody who, who wants it, needs it, whatever. Right. It's a wonderful medicinal herb, you know, and the government is continuing to do what it can to try to prevent well, us from having that. Well, the spirit of that plant is having that. I, I would, I mean, I would hope so. Right. But, um, anyway, but I, but I've noticed though, you know, these kinds of plants, when we're talking about plant spirits that people... You know, they, they talk a lot about like, oh, yeah, I want to connect with the spirit of this plant. You know, again, it's like all the rich white people going and doing peyote and ayahuasca now, right? It's mm -hmm. like, I want to have this experience and I want to connect with this plant. You know, but 
I have to wonder sometimes, like, after conversations with these people, like, you really just want to get high. Like, you have a substance abuse yep. issue, and it's easy for you to justify this behavior by saying that it's part of a spiritual path. You know? And and I've had that conversation with a few people, to be honest, over the years. It was just recently that it kind of, you know, someone kind of brought that up for me again. But, um, but I think it's in bringing this up, I guess what I want to say is that like any other spirit that we work with, we have to do what we can to establish the relationship, but we also then need to be responsible enough for ourselves in that situation not to allow that spirit to negatively impact us, right? We we need to be very careful. Going back to the concept of some of these um, very seductive and very old and powerful, uh, baneful kinds of herbs, you know, things like, like you mentioned Belladonna and Damiana in particular, you know, these kinds of herbs that can be very... Um, seductive and compelling mm -hmm. in the kind of their their demeanor and their personality you know and and we we have to make sure that in working with these spirits that we don't allow them to compromise our side i guess yeah of that relationship too much you know and so in looking at you know the concept of the idea of being responsible and ethical in your use of herbs plants you know these kinds of things you know again i, I want to say don't give up your personal power. Don't give up your sovereignty in those situations. You cannot allow yourself to become dependent upon anything other than yourself when it comes to your spiritual practice. Um, <clears throat> so little sidebar there I wanted to talk about because that was something that kind of came to my mind lately based on a, a recent conversation. Um, so. Well, and that, that's very <clears throat> important because even, even plant spirits that do have a psychotropic effect, um, that's not what they want to do. They don't think so? I don't really I don't, they 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 like their entire <clears throat> being is not hey let's go get high. Okay. That's not their entire being, you yeah. know. Dutora, because that's the one that I have a lot of experience with, mm -hmm. she well, she's like, Yeah, I'm I have no problem helping you relax. She's also like but are you going to actually face the problems that are causing you stress or am I just going to help you escape? Okay. And you know, once in a while that whole, like I'm going to deal with them, but I do just need a break right now. Most of the time a plant's person will be like, okay, cool. But if it starts to become an issue and you're starting to abuse their medicine, mm -hmm. then that plant spirit will kind of start to detour away from you. Yeah. Um, which honestly on a physical level, you're also building up a tolerance, but mm. also... That's true. Yeah, if you look at it under those terms, you're you building know, up physical tolerance, and at the same time, the spirit is like... Spiritual tolerance. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. You can continue to smoke my leaves, or you can continue to ingest whatever you are, you're ingesting of me, but mm -hmm. but it's really... It is. It's not gonna hit you quite the same. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so it is very um, important mm -hmm. that when we're working with these plant spirits... We also respect them. And a lot of people, particularly newcomers, don't necessarily get that. You know, they buy Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham, which is a cool book. Um, and they go, oh, this herb is good for this. I need this herb. And it's like, okay, but have you worked with that herb? Now, I'm not saying sit down with every herb that you want to work with and, you know, do years of research on it before you work with it in a spell. That's contrary to what witches do 
you know, but you should probably sit and connect with it just a little bit more before you decide that, oh, lavender's good for money. I mean, I, I guess in the right situation, lavender could be used for money. It could be used. Or, or I would say not money necessarily. Attraction. Prosperity and attraction, yes. You know, um, but thinking, oh, I'm going to put this lavender in a green sachet and it's going to bring me money. I mean, it's like crystals. You kind of got to give them a job. Mm. Otherwise, they're just going to kind of be like, this is what I do. But it's a job that needs to work with the inherent nature of that spirit. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Okay. So we've talked a lot about the, the, you know, just in general terms the spirits of these plants as someone that would maybe be teaching others or you know sharing information what are some herbs that you would would maybe recommend people begin with if they're just starting this or maybe they're still kind of new to herbalism and or or, uh, plant spirits in their practices no we're saying herbs are we like broad terms like herbs the herb plant spirits so that would also include like rose well, yeah, but, well, herb is, or, or rose is an herb. Okay. Yeah. So then rose. Okay. Why? Why? Rose Maybe is you could of, give us like a little, like a quick, like, okay, why this one? Rose is one of the most sacred plants to witchcraft. In any magical practice, you're going to find rose. Rose is versatile. Roses protect, they heal, they bring love, they bring attraction, they bring luck. Um, you can use roses in baneful workings. Um, roses are very versatile. Um, so rose first and foremost, um, also I have a proclivity and leaning towards Hecate and Hecate is the fiery rose. So, you know. Okay. So rose first. Okay. All right. Rosemary. It's a common kitchen herb. Okay. Okay. And that's going to be most of the herbs I'm going to, I'm going to suggest is going to be your common kitchen herbs to start with. Um, rosemary is again versatile, um, and is great for purification and is really, really great to just almost on an energetic level disinfect. Okay. You know? Um, Lavender is good. Yeah, we talked about lavender quite a bit. Um, I'm going to throw in a baneful herb, mandrake. Okay, why? Mandrake is very protective. It's great for banishment. And it is going to be a little bit easier to procure than some other baneful herbs. Mandrake can be used to bind, banish, and um, block. Okay. Um, It's also been used before in transference spells. And Mm -hmm. so if you can actually get a full root of mandrake, Mm -hmm. then you could actually utilize it as a poppet. Yeah, 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 that's true. Mandrakes, historically, yeah, they, I think they've been used quite a bit for poppet work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sympathetic work. Yeah. Okay. Any others? I'm also going to throw in any any mint. Okay. Mint grows wild. Um, again, it's versatile. Mint can be used to... Um, take over and ensnare on a baneful level. That's its shadow aspect because mint can never be contained. Um, uh, That's just its nature. Um, But mint is also so great for focus and clarity. Um, And it's quite great for the digestive system. It also is a catalyst for other herbs, both medicinally and magically. 
Well, pep- yeah, peppermint. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there are different types of mint. Mm-hmm. You mentioned rosemary. Rosemary is also actually a member of the mint family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. How about you? I, you know, I like the underdog kinds of herbs. You know, I like the, the herbs that a lot of people don't really think of as herbs. Okay. And, and what I guess what I'm, where I, to, to elaborate or to clarify that, the first one I'm going to throw out is dandelion. I love dandelion. Dandelion is good for root or leaf. So much. Every part, every part of that herb has some sort of of, of beneficial property. The the roots and the leaves are are excellent for the body, you know, and health systemic, like health boosting and improvement in our bodies. Um, the the heads of the flower actually are, are edible mm-hmm. and can be quite nice if you, if you cook them properly. Um, even on stems, and I remember as a child, of course, as kids, you don't think about these things, but I remember as a child, you'd pick up a dandelion or you'd rip a dandelion out of the ground, you know, and you'd like pop the little dandelion head off and there would be that white latex, that white liquid mm-hmm. stuff that would come out of the stem. That latex actually is something that can be used to help um, heal like uh minor wounds like if you get a tiny cut or something on your skin mm-hmm. that that latex can actually be something that can help your skin uh like heal or knit together more quickly mm-hmm. um so so the whole plant has medicinal properties and um it's unfortunate you know because it grows wild and we so many people hate it right it's a weed it would kill it but um but it's a wonderful plant it's also another plant i think that's sacred to hecate it is. In, uh, among other deities mm-hmm. there are other deities that that Kind of sacred too. It has such a strong solar energy too. So I, too. I find that it's a really good one for um, any kind of working that we would involve or want, like like solar kinds of energy mm-hmm. for right the light of the sun. You know, so it's just it's a really good one. You know, but that one, um, you know, clover is another one that I think is very often overlooked. You know, it's a very powerful medicinal, and you know, and it just grows wild in a lot of places. You know, um, there really there are so many. You know, um, you know, and those are the ones that I really kind of recommend people start with perhaps, you know, and, you know, and obviously you want to make sure that you're doing what you can to accurately identify Mm -hmm. these plants, right? Because I mean, using again, dandelion as an example, there are, there are at least two or three other plants Mm -hmm. that can grow that can look so much like dandelion that people don't realize, you know, that like, that's not dandelion, you know, and those other plants are also good plants, but it's not dandelion. Um, You know, but um, once you've successfully identified that plant, you know, I I would say, go, go with the ones that you have, like right outside your door, seriously. You know, I mean, who who doesn't get dandelions popping up in the grass? You know, in the summer, right? They're they're everywhere. They're easy and uh, and, and available. And I find dandelion is actually very um, open. Dandelion seems for for me to have a, like a very open, like oh hi kind of personality, yeah. right? Which is so unfortunate because it's, you know, the first thing that we do is try to kill it usually. Um, anyway, so you know, but I mean, th- those would be ones I would recommend. Um, I I definitely agree with you on mint. Um, Rose in particular. Um, yeah, God, I'm trying to think of others that really are, are I think, good. Members of the Artemisia family. Um, They're really easy to grow and to cultivate. And the spirit of that herb just loves any magical practitioner. That's true. The minute that's that true. an Artemisia picks up that you're a witch or a folk practitioner, it's like, hi, we're best friends. And you're like, yeah, okay, it is true. the Hufflepuff to yeah. witches. Well, and a lot of witches are already working with Artemisia and they don't realize that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we work, I, I, I mean, everybody that comes into the shop has to walk out of here with a bag of mugwort. Mm-hmm. Mugwort is, is an Artemisia. You know, um, we see, you know, like Wormwood, Pennyroyal, mm-hmm. you know, these others, these are all members of the Artemisia family and, you know, um, and, or, or, you know, yeah. And, uh, anyway, and, and these are all, again, very powerful witchy kinds of herbs, right? And medicinal kinds of herbs. Um, I love, uh, cinnamon. 
Yeah. I have always loved the smell and the taste of cinnamon. Yeah. Um, but the spirit of cinnamon seems, it, it, it's very sure of itself. I would most yeah. definitely say that cinnamon is a sovereignty herb. Um, yeah. it, it likes to help empower people who work with it. It helps to empower the energy of the space. I actually had a recipe um, a while back of like creating a power jar. Um, okay. Um, and you would basically open that jar before you did a working and you'd take a nice big inhale and it would help energize. Um, okay. So if, if y'all want want that, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll just drop it now just so we can have that. So you in a, in a jar, not too big, you know, um, you'll a jar spell. No, um, kind of, <laughs> kind of, I guess. I, I, the first thing you say is in a jar. They say it's a jar spell. You're like, it's not a jar spell. Like, what um, is it, Austin? I don't know. Um, so go, go ahead and share it. It's so okay. you put cinnamon, powdered cinnamon, okay? You want to put clove as well, because clove is also a very good power herb. It's also protective. It also helps kind of, like, stabilize. Um, you want to put ginger, okay? okay? Ginger root is very, very good at just adding a zing to things. Okay. It just adds a really good zing. You want to add in... I love that you use the word zing, because Ginger's, like, taxonomic name is Zingiver. And so I, I love that. Zing! Um, then you want to also add in um, some mint, specifically peppermint, because peppermint helps awaken the senses. Um, and that should be the bulk of the mixture, honestly, is peppermint mainly because peppermint's easy to procure, um, and cinnamon. And then what you're going to do is in the jar, you're going to also add a few drops of a citrus oil. So you're going to add, um, I like to add personally, lemon, orange, lime, and bergamot. I like to just kind of throw the trifecta in there. Sometimes I'll add a little bit of grapefruit essential oil, just because it also has a nice uplifting presence. Um, and you shake that up, and then before you're gonna about to do working, you shake it up again, you open it up, and you breathe. Just, oh God. just take in a just a little sniff. Yes, don't inhale this. Yes, don't inhale just, it. Just appreciate the scent. Yes, and then as okay. you breathe right. it yes. in, please don't inhale cinnamon. No, don't oh do that. God. It'll be bad. Um, um, and as you do that, what it's doing is it's helping all of your senses. It's awakening your your, your sense of smell. Um, you'll probably be able to taste a little bit of it. On top of that, the spirit of those herbs are kind of entwining into your senses and helping give you some more power okay and that, actually you know as you're as you're sharing that or, or as you say that you raise a good point because i think a lot of people when they hear conversations around plant spirits they think oh i've got to go out into the middle of nowhere and i have to harvest a fresh plant mm -mm. and and actually even processed herbs uh can retain that energy and that spirit mm -hmm. you know if you look at uh, dried processed herbs, you know, even well, like something like powdered cinnamon, like there is still a spirit. In there's that. still a spirit there. It may be dormant. So yeah. if you want to wake up your plant spirits, you just give them some offerings, you know, put them in a bowl. Um, I'm, I'm going to do go a little bit more conjure style. You know, most plant spirits love tobacco. Tobacco itself loves plant spirits. And so, okay. well, I mean, well, tobacco is also a plant spirit. I know. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. And okay. so what it's you like do... It's like the buddy plant spirit? Yeah. Okay, It cool. just kind of hypes up its other plant spirit friends. Okay, just don't eat it. Just don't eat it. Um, but, you know, get a cigar or get some loose tobacco. And then what you'll do is you'll light that up. And in the bowl, you will blow into that bowl. 
you're giving it smoke to help. Are you encouraging our readers to, or our readers, our listeners to smoke cigars? You're not going to inhale it. Anyway. And you will blow that smoke into that bowl with that herb and mix it up. Um, there's another thing you can do. You can also do um, rum. You could add a couple of drops of rum yeah. or some sort of liquor because most plant spirits do like liquor. Um, yeah. Just a well, little bit. Well, a lot of those liquors are, are made with plant spirits. Exactly. So, um, yeah. I mean, you could go another conjure route and just take a little sip and then just kind of blow over them. Um, and then that should help. That should be good enough to wake them up, give them a little bit of a, a, a boost, and you can work with them. And talk to them too, And talk right? to them, of course. Like nudge them gently. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's time to get up. You're going to be late for school. Kind of, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. All right. Or sing to them. They or like sing to sing. To, yes. They, singing is always good because you get that vibration in there. Sound is yes. such a powerful like energy. Yes. I encourage everyone, if you're going to get like a mortar and pestle and start grinding your herbs before you work with them, um, when you research that herb, see if you can find poems about that herb or plant and try and incorporate that into a little, you know, a little, a little, a little incantation. A little incantation. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. I like it. All right. Anything else that you feel our listeners need to know about plant spirits? The Yes. The spirit of the plant resides in the root. That is where it is housed, essentially. So it is the foundation. So if you really want to connect to a plant spirit really, really well, then you want to get to its roots. Okay. Um, okay. But having said that, remember, if you completely remove the roots of a plant, in essence, you have, you've, you've taken from that spirit. Yes. But the spirit is still housed in those roots. Yes. So, example, my Datora. Datora is not an annual. She does not come back. She will recede herself, but the plants prior will not come back. So, after she had reseeded herself, and we collected some of her seeds and pods, I pulled her out of the ground very gently, telling her thank you for all of, her, all of the stuff she had done. And I now have full roots. I wash them off. I've been letting them dry. Mm-hmm. And the spirit of that plant is still housed there. I can go home. I can put that on my altar and still have her uh, and, you know, love and honor her. I can use mm-hmm. to create charms as well, yes. if need be. Yes. So understand that you do it respectfully. Don't just go out and rip up a, you know, a rose bush to get to the root. For plants like that, it's always going to be better to just work at the base of them. Well, and I mean, and if you do need roots, I mean, it is possible to harvest a piece of roots. Yes. And not have to completely... Rip the entire rip, plant out. Rip, you know, completely take a plant out of the ground. Yeah. So, which is, you know, what we, what we want to do. You know. Yeah. So. Okay. So, fun little trivia. Do you know... Well, you probably know this, but I don't know if our readers do readers listeners i said that um, too readers I'm like, what are we doing um, what type of root is hydron the conquer root from what plant does it come oh god it's been a day i'm fuzzy it, that one is um oh it's a japanese name just throw it out there. It's the root of a particular morning glory. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm thinking of... Uh, Are you thinking of ginkgo? 
No, I'm not thinking of ginkgo. I'm thinking of no, no. I'm thinking of the botanical name for um, uh, lojong. Actually, is what I think I'm thinking of. Anyway, go on. You're yeah. Um, it it, it is actually a root of a particular type of morning glory. Mm-hmm. Now, most morning glory roots are still going to house that very similar spirit. Um, mm. But understand that when you're working with plant spirits, you need to try and get the right one because they're all going to differ. Um, when we're talking about essential oils as well, because, you know, we live in Utah and there's the big MLMs of essential oils. Um, essential oils are great and lovely products. <clears throat> they smell lovely. Some of them, some of them do not. Um they are volatile chemicals and components of the plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially what that is, it is it is the condensed version of the plant spirit. That's true, yes. If you were to take the plant spirit and, and process it down to a, a liquid form, yes. Um, but I but I, I want to clarify, particularly since you dropped the, the, the whole like MLM thing, that those kinds of companies, those corporations, they most of the time I don't think are harvesting those plants They're ethically. Not. They are not being conscious nope. of the spiritual component. No. They're, they're basically not. they are seeing dollar signs. Yep. And they want to process and, and harvest as much of those herbs as possible and squeeze every last drop of essential oil out of those yes. plants because every last drop is money, 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 money. Exactly. So when you're looking for essential oils, if you're going to work with them, you want to work with a company that is ethical. Um, yes. And we're not going to drop names just because we don't need a lawsuit. But Yes. But <clears throat> the, the company that we work with in, in shop to, to procure and produce our essential oils, they're really ethical. Um, when one of those herbs or those plants becomes hard to maintain... Um, they will actually just discontinue the oil. Oh, so when you say hard to maintain, you mean like like it's it's no longer easy to harvest. Easy to harvest. No, long, no longer is available. No longer is available, okay. or for some reason, it it's being seen that it is almost, you know, th- th- there's there's issues. There's the, issues. The plants have issues. No, like um, the plant spirits are so angry that they're being harvested. They're like, fine, suck this shit. A really good example is the company used to carry Palo Santo essential oil. Okay. Um, they don't do it anymore because the the farm that they were getting the Palo Santo from mm-hmm. um, is now part of the sacred Palo Santo. Um, oh, okay. And so what, what the company did was they went, you know what, we're going to respect that. Thank you so much okay. for allowing us to work with you. Right. And even though they were directed like, here, go to these other places, mm-hmm. you can do that. They're like, no, yeah. we want to work with the local indigenous people so that way we can make sure that you're being provided for and mm-hmm. we're helping you and we're getting a good a good source. Yeah. And yeah. so they actually just backed off. Yeah. Well that well I'm glad to hear that. And there a lot are, of people don't realize what goes in in into some of the harvesting of these plants. Like you you mentioned you're talking about Palo Santo specifically and Palo Santo, the the trees that we get that that wood and as a result the you know beyond that the essential oil from those trees have to mature. They have to die off naturally mm-hmm. and even then they have to sit and um 
basically like like the tree has to kind of sit and and wither and, and dry out like yep. the wood has to you know uh, unless they're harvesting it for essential oil you know um and it can take years to do that like like uh, a single uh what would you call it? like crop or field of mm-hmm. palo santo trees like like by the time that that tree has been planted has grown to the point that it actually is big enough to harvest the components that we want um you know like i mean that takes years yeah yeah, I think I think like I remember reading something basically like a, like a minimum of seven years, mm-hmm. you know, and so we see this issue now um, with you know this over harvesting because everybody's got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, and I noticed that Palo Santo is one of the herbs that people have started to turn to more um, in response to the all of the uh, upset over the use uh, and, mis- and misappropriation of white sage, mm-hmm. you know, um, which, you know, is, is, you know, good. We shouldn't be using white sage, but we now have this other plant that is, I think, being um, over-harvested. Yep. Um, at least certain varieties, because yep. if you talk to people who are, you know, in the know about all this, you know, there are, are uh, varieties of yeah. Palo Santo. It's not just one type of, yeah. of plant. Um, you know, there are, I think, a few different types there of are. Trees that qualify as Palo Santo are a part of that family, but um, mm-hmm. but we also have to look at the cultural associations mm-hmm. or, or significance of the, of that particular herb, mm-hmm. right? And we we have to be, I think, respectful of maybe the people who used that herb first. We'll just we'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Well, and <clears throat> on top of that, there it's a very specific Palo Santo that is close. It's, it's two varieties, I think, that are. Um, more traditionally seen in yes. spiritual practices from that area of the world. Yes, and they are they are now protected by the government, I do believe, and and the and the indigenous peoples yeah. of that area. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this leads me back to the utilization of rosemary. You can grow rosemary in a pot, mm-hmm. and then harvest that sucker and make your own bundle out of it. Yeah, with all a lot of these plants yeah. too. I mean, you can do the same thing with hyssop. Mm-hmm. Like hyssop is hyssop is like the redheaded stepchild. I love of hyssop. herbs. I think at least in our area of the world, I think it's more commonly utilized throughout Europe, um, which I believe is where it was, you know, where it mm-hmm. originated. I wouldn't burn um, hyssop. I'd probably well, it doesn't smell good when you burn it, but but you can use hyssop, the plant, you know, for processes of aspurging. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, I mean, there are lots of other ways to use these things that don't require fire and smoke. Yep. You know, um, and hyssop is such a powerful herb for um like well, for, for the same things that basically a lot of people use sage yeah and palo santo for like hyssop um well hyssop like, will actually like cleanse and uncross yeah oh yeah hyssop is very good for banishing like unwanted energies very very powerful um but so there are many others too like blessed thistle yep is good for that tulsi like there are so many out there and people are just unfamiliar you know, or afraid mm-hmm. maybe to try these things because you do have to work with them a bit differently. Mm-hmm. I love Tulsi basil. Yeah. It's good for you. It's like it's like healthy for you too. Mm-hmm. Go eat a big bowl of it right now. And as long as I can have it with There's pho. some in the apothecary. Um, no, don't do that. You will probably shit your pants. Ew. Um, anyway. All right. Anything else? I'm trying to think if there's any any other piece or any other detail I wanted to kind of share about this, but I think really we pretty cover or pretty much covered everything pretty well, at least in the amount of time that, you know, we want to kind of afford I, I would these like, podcasts. I would like to do uh, another episode on something like this, but I'd like to have other people on. Yeah. Um, I would yeah, like yeah. to have uh, Kobe, actually, um, to talk specifically about the poison path. That would be, I think, really 
really kind of cool. We'll have to see if we can well, maybe talk Kobe, Kobe. Kobe said he would um, be down with it. We just have to like. Well, it, it looks time. like we need to get something set up for the new year because this year is basically over, and mm-hmm. the holidays will soon be upon us, and um, people Christmas will people will probably be too busy to be listening to podcasts in the next couple of weeks. Um, all right, let's let's shift gears. What what are we aware of? What is happening in the world right now that we could see benefit in backing up, supporting mundane, physical, day-to-day life kind of action with spiritual slash magical work? Can you think of an issue right now in our world that is like, hey, this is fucked up and wrong and... You know, I'm going to call my senator. I'm going to call this. I'm going to, you know, but at the same time, I'm I'm going to work work a spell around this. I'm going to do a working on this. Can you think of anything? Okay. You're 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 feverishly exploring what you would do. I'm going to throw it out real quick. Okay. okay go ahead. Um and this I I suppose in the grand scheme of all that is screwed up and wrong with just North America right now, just our country in particular and our political system. It's always politics now. My God. Um, But one that I kind of read about in the last week, and this is not a new thing. This has been going on for a while now, but it's kind of come to a head a bit in the last week. And I do believe that the House has even finally issued some sort of like, you know, like, like, you know, they're taking action. We'll say the Democrats are. But this bullshit happening now with, uh, I believe she's a Colorado Senator, Bobert, who is such a conservative piece of shit. And when I say conservative, I mean that in the worst possible way. Okay. I, there are a lot of people out there who identify as conservatives. Okay. But conservative does not mean that you are also a xenophobic, religious bigot, homophobe, transphobe, Trump kissing asshole. Okay, uh, yeah, anyway, which is what exactly what Bobert is. Um, but she has, um, she's gotten a lot of, or is in a lot of trouble right now because she now, now it's been publicly announced or kind of been made public that she's been basically harassing Ilhan Omar, who is another senator who was, I think, one of the first Muslim uh, senators uh, elected. And Bobert has been basically harassing her and making all kinds of shitty comments about how she's pro-terrorism, and how, you know, like she made some stupid comment one day she was in uh, the, you know, the the building, the cat, you know, wherever they all, they all do their, where they all, where they like to pretend they do work. We'll just say that. Um, and she made some crack about how um, Ilhan Omar wasn't a security risk because she didn't have a backpack on. You know, I mean, she's just blatantly, stupidly racist and, uh, and intolerant and, and a religious bigot. Um, and so... That really pissed me off. Okay. You know, and so I started to think, you know, what could I do in a situation like this as a witch beyond donating money to people who have the power to remove Bobert from her political positions and appointments? Um, You know, and I'm trying to think, I'm like thinking like, you know, like something to like shut Bobert's mouth would be really nice. Like that would make me feel really good right now because I'm angry with her for this and being so anti-Muslim. And just intolerant. And this isn't the only marginalized well, group that she's made yeah. fun of. You know, she's she's taken shots at the LGBTQ community because she basically is just a wart on Trump's ass. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and... She's a wart on the ass that is Trump. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Um, 
But, you know, so I'm like thinking like, you know, like the, the vengeful, angry part of me is like, you know what, I'm going to do a tongue curse or a tongue hex. And I'm just going to, every time she says something that's stupid and ignorant, her mouth is just going to burn, you know, or, or every time she utters a lie based upon her fear and her own personal agendas, everybody's going to see right through that shit. You know, I'm She's just going to have violent diarrhea, dress a, a candle with some, you know, some eye bright and a couple of other things to kind of let the truth about this horrible person be known. Right. The problem is, is that people don't seem to care if they, these people are horrible or not. Like we know that a lot of these people are garbage and it's just like, Oh, whatever. As long as what they're doing doesn't personally affect me, I don't care. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what they're doing affects all Everyone. of us. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the, the other part of me that's like, no, no, Mike, be compassionate, be understanding, even a garbage trash fuckhead piece of shit person like Bobert deserves some compassion. You know, I had a moment of weakness there, I guess. You know, I'm thinking like, no, no. What if instead we did something to help kind of like build a bridge between Bobert and say like the Muslim community, at least in this particular situation, right? Like create an opportunity maybe for her to actually engage in a positive manner with people who are Muslim so that she can see like, yeah, they're not all backpack bomb carrying terrorists you know um you know and you know and so i'm trying to think like okay some sort of like working around unity you know like bringing two sympathetic items together you know one representing perhaps maybe ilhan omar or the muslim community one representing bobert you know and and doing something to kind of unite or bring these energies together you know and so i don't know I, that's just one of the things that's kind of been on my mind in the last week and one of the things i'm kind of thinking like you know what if I were going to be doing a working around some sort of social political issue, that would be one of the things that would probably be on my list right now. Okay. Um, not to not to minimize any of the others because oh my god, we still have so much that is going wrong yes, in our do. country, in our world right now. Um, so okay, what about you? So I've got an example. Unless did you think of one? I kind of thought of one, but okay. it's not necessarily political. Oh, it doesn't need to be political. It's not. I'm sure our, our listeners don't want all the politics. You know me, I tend to be a very political person. And I try to be, yeah. but I also am... It's hard for me to keep up on a lot of, like, the politics and the news and what's going on. Mainly because I usually am waist-deep in incense at that point. You're waist-deep in incense? That's what it feels like, you know? Um, waist-deep in the manufacture of incense. Yes. Okay. I'm just like, I'm visualizing you like wading into a pool of incense, like just from the waist down. Just you're just. Hmm. Anyway, um, it's actually more to do around the stress with the holidays. The stress with the holidays. Yes. Okay. All right. I am not a holiday person. I've never. <gasps> I'm a Grinch. I've never been this like particularly as I got older when I was a kid of course I was but as I got oh, yes, older we always love the holidays right because we get shit as I got older teenager young adult into my undergrad you know it was just stressful for me you know I was paying my way through school and trying to like buy gifts for people I was like Jesus what I can't afford this <clears throat> and so the biggest thing that I find that is an issue with the holidays is that it is the idea of materialism 
and this idea that I have to get bigger, better things. And, you know, this makes me sound like a hypocrite because, you know, I sent you a message today and I was like, I need you to tell me sizes for jewelry so that way I can actually, like, get you something. Yeah, I don't, you know? need, I don't need more jewelry. But I want to get you more jewelry. Uh, we'll talk about this later. This is a discussion later. Okay. But... Okay, so what what would you do? What would you do? Okay, because we're trying to we're keeping it practical, right? Mm-hmm. What what would you recommend, or what what could you think to do, in you know, uh, to address something like this, to address the the hype and the anxiety and the stress affiliated or or associated with the holiday season for so many people. First is do not put yourself, and this is a mundane thing, do not put yourself in harm's way. Just because they're quote-unquote family doesn't mean you have to go see them. Period. Point blank. Okay. Okay, but that's a mundane way. Okay, that is talking, a mundane we're way. We're talking the, on, the, on a spiritual level. Let what me would you do? Finish. Well, come on, man. Get to it. Um, to help you set boundaries, what, uh, what I would do is I would actually charm and enchant something that would help keep your energy on lock and other people's energy away. So wear a mirror of some kind, something shiny that can reflect energy back. So that way, so if you... That's why you've been wearing that mirror. Yes. Um, so, so that way, if you do, for whatever reason, you have one toxic family member who just always makes you feel like shit, but everyone else you really enjoy being around, take this and charm and enchant it. To for re- that person. For that person okay. and reflect it right back at them. If you're having to deal with someone who is a psychic, energetic, or emotional vampire, get some hematite and let that be your gift to them. That hematite will make their energy just not be able to lash out at anyone else. It's a, it's a great stone for that. Now, that being said, do not feel ashamed if you cannot, like, get the biggest fanciest gift if you make something with love and with the intention of happiness and fulfillment for a loved one that is enough um okay 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 reel it back a little bit because once again you're kind of tangenting away from what we're looking at so along the lines of helping yourself maybe to not feel so much stress or pressure or disappointment around Mm -hmm say like the financial aspect of the, you know, the consumer shopper mm-hmm. call it a holiday season. What could we do say just for ourselves, maybe to help ourselves like increase calm and just, just calm. We'll say, we'll say like just good cheer around this time of year. Make a simmer pot, a simmer pot, a simmer pot in your home. Oh my goodness. We got to get you off Pinterest. Um, go on. What would you put in that simmer pot? I'm I would put, Oranges, sliced oranges, because oranges are sacred to the sun. Rings or wedges? Rings. Okay. Um, I'd slice up some oranges and put them in the summer pot. Oranges, um, okay. I would, because oranges also are good for happiness. Um, mm-hmm. Happiness and abundance, you know. And I would do, obviously, what pairs really well with oranges, cinnamon and clove. Oh, I was going to say vodka, but okay. That also pairs really well. Okay. Um so cinnamon for success and empowerment of the self and clove to help kind of scrub and scour the energy of your home. So that way, when you do go into your space, 
it doesn't feel like you're just walking into another time bomb. Okay. Um, Star Anise. I would throw some Star Anise in there because Star Anise is a really good just kind of overall um, money. It's really good yeah, to just kind of like... for like prosperity and pro- Bring prosperity and health. Go light on that though. Yes, yeah, go that light. Sh- that shit. The smell um, of that will take over everything. Then if you really want to add some really awesome, awesome things to it, add some juniper berries or pine boughs or juniper boughs. Um, juniper is good for purification. It is sacred to Ju- Jupiter um, and was burned on altars to Jupiter slash Zeus um, to purify and honor that and also to help you feel a little bit more uh, sovereign in yourself. And then pine boughs are good for protection. That's true. Pine is very protective. A lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then if you are still feeling a little and you need something to help protect your energy a little bit more, and you have to deal with people, or you're going out into the crazy, hectic world of shopping, um, create an oil blend that you can wear. Okay. Okay. Um, And, again, you can use the essential oils of the things that I just mentioned, but a good grounding oil is always going to be better. So, I don't know, maybe a little bit of vetiver, five drops of vetiver, um... Do some cedar wood because cedar wood's fiery. So the vetiver will help keep you grounded. It's also known as the root of tranquility. You throw in some cedar wood. Cedar it's wood helps what? The root of tranquility. Root. Okay, sorry, you mumbled that. Okay, root of tranquility. Okay. Um, cedar wood helps kind of like amp up and like get you going. It's a little fiery, and then maybe throw some orange in there, um, and the orange will help also get the amp up, but also help keep your energy light, and then dilute that. You know, do five drops vetiver, five drops cedar wood, and then ten drops orange, and cover that with some carrier oil. Almond oil is fine. Sweet almond oil is good. Fractionated coconut oil, jojoba, any of those oils that you like, and then you can just wear that when you go out. Put it on your pulse points. If you're a guy, then you can just put that in your beard and you can wear it as a beard oil. Okay. So, and that's that's how I've learned to function around it. Um, and part of that is because I do work so closely with plant spirits mm-hmm. um, and their essential oils and stuff like that, that it really does, it, it does make me feel better. Yeah. I like to ward with holiday, or not holiday, I like to ward with like winter clothing. Okay. Like I love, like I like scarves. Okay. This time of year. Um, and I probably don't wear them as often as I could, but I've noticed there have been a few times where I know I'm going to be somewhere where it's going to be a little chilly, right? A little cold. So a scarf makes sense physically. Um, but also, like, I, I know I'm going to be going into a place where there are going to be, like, a lot of people I don't want to deal with. And I'll wear a scarf because, and then I'll, I'll kind of enchant that or, like, charm mm-hmm. that a little bit. Like, look at, like, this is something that kind of covers me. This is something that mm-hmm. will kind of help keep people a little further away. Yep. You know, and if all else fails, I can take that scarf off and I can use it to strangle someone. Mm-hmm. Another which I thing, also enjoy. Another thing you can do, if you do not have access to essential oils, um, get some water and some sea salt, mix those together, and then you can actually just spray that a, a little bit of that into your hair. One, it'll add texture, but it'll help keep your energy grounded. Should I use pink Himalayan sea salt? Just regular sea salt's fine iodized it doesn't matter 
Salt is salt is salt. What if I only have kosher salt? That's fine too. Okay. Salt is salt is salt. It's the same chemical. It's the same chemical structure. It is still sodium bicarbonate. So. Okay. Anything else? Um, those are some things that you can do in a. I'll start a, calling you Betty Crocker. You're just giving out all the recipes. Um, if you want to take the the kitchen, which class is happening Saturday, and I'm going to be discussing some of that there. Mm. Um, it's available online as well as in person. Yes. Um, it's a good class. It's like what, eight hours long? It's not eight hours long. No, it's not that long. But there's a lot of information. There is a lot of information, and we do make something in the class. Um, so those are some really good things. I personally. If you really just don't have access to those things, the salt spray is good. Um, the sea salt spray will help ground your energy. And then if you carry that with you after you have left that place, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not, if it's not your home, then before you even get into your car, go ahead and spray yourself down with that. It'll ground your energy pretty immediately. It'll purify your energy. You can get into your car and boom, go on home. You don't even need to worry about carrying that shit home with you. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, effective and relatively accessible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kinds of kinds of uh, wards and yep. things that you can do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I know that that doesn't that the stress around the holidays doesn't really seem to be like a big deal, but it's a big deal for I, me. I think it can be a big deal for a lot of people. We you know we have you know we're here at our you know. Well, we, we do have a retail you know here in our shop. You know we do we do sell things you know spiritual goods and things to people and. I see, I see the looks of desperation and fear on people's faces this time of year, right? Because yeah. like, I got to buy everybody something and it's got to be the perfect something. And if I don't get them the perfect something, they're going to not, not love me anymore, you know? And if they don't walk into the store feeling that way, I make sure by the time they leave that they do feel that way. No, you don't. Because I tell them, I'm like, if you don't get the perfect gift, they're, they're going to break up with you. Mike doesn't do that. I'm psychic and I can see it. The end of a relationship. Mike doesn't do that. Um, that being said, um, up your grounding practice during this holiday season. Up your what? Grounding. Oh, okay. Practice. I was like, excuse me? Um, I I had a very stressful moment today while I was wrapping some gifts. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm picturing you wrapping Christmas gifts. I hate wrapping gifts. That's why I usually end up wrapping everything. Yeah, You can't wrap your own gifts, though. I could try to do it blindfolded. I'm sure you could actually probably do it really, really well. You do have lots of experience. What does that mean? What? You're really good at wrapping stuff. Anyway, you were having a stressful moment today. I was having a stressful moment today, and it like I just kind of sat there, and I did. I, I cried a little. I was like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Why, why am I wrapping this with a dead tree just so that it can be ripped open, thrown away and recycled so that someone doesn't see what's in the in the box that is actually holding it. I don't get it. I've never understood it. I don't get the purpose around wrapping presents, which is why I really like bags. <laughs> you know, what I remember, like, years ago, my mother, um, uh, yeah, you know my mother's history. She she grew up relatively poor. Yeah. You know, and spent a few years even in an orphanage, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I remember because of her upbringing, being very young and like we would have uh for christmas very often like the presents under the tree would be wrapped in newspaper 
Um, but it was always the the funnies. It was always the comic section Sounds of the like newspaper. So then, because so like so the so it was colorful, right? Um, but also it was a way to reuse something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it served its purpose, right? Like you didn't know what was in that mm-hmm. package, right? Well, um, and honestly. That looks. It, it, we should bring that back. We should just start using. It looks that. good. So, oh, nobody gets a newspaper anymore. Mom anyway. does. <laughs> Mom's like two weeks. Yeah, but there's no comic section in there anymore. Though. There's, there's like not? one page. There's oh. like one page of comics. Oh. And it's always the lame comics. You know, it's like Beetle Bailey and what was that awful apartment one that like where nothing ever happens. Anyway, oh, and Garfield. You know that his. You know, are strips that are like you know thirty years old now. They just keep reprinting them, but. Yeah, it, it just holidays are stressful, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners understand that. And so, when in doubt, just be kind <clears throat> to yourself, because in order for you to be kind to other people, you need to be able to be kind to yourself. Hey, you know what? I've got one, um, and actually, I'm going to save this for next week because we are already at almost ninety minutes for this episode. Um, but one we didn't talk about. And I think I would be curious to hear other people's ideas around how to address something like this, particularly since it's something that is impacting the entire world. And it's a tricky kind of a situation because we're, in essence, we're kind of dealing with or working with nature. But Omicron, the new strain of the coronavirus. Um, Like I said, I don't want to talk about it right now. Let's save it for next week. Okay. Okay. So speaking of next week, we will be joined again by the lovely Lauren of Which Way Up. She's going to be back to talk with us on, I think, a really good topic, actually. I love that. And I'm not going to tell anybody what that topic is right now because I'm a jerk. Um, (laughs) But we will be back next week, uh, kind of around about the same day, uh, same day, same time. Um, with a new episode with another guest. Um, and again, I want to repeat, I, I mentioned this last week's, or in last week's episode, but we have some really cool personalities kind of lined up for the new year. Um, we've got some other cool guests that are going to be showing up here, some other really cool voices, people who are doing really amazing things with their spiritual practices. And um, I, th- I feel like they all have something to share, something good to share. So um, I wonder if we could get some other people, some, some more people on too. Maybe I could pull some, pull some strings. Well, you do know everyone. I don't know everyone, but I do have some um, good connections to some people. You've become quite the name dropper. I'm kind of like, like, what is that? What is that about? Um, anyway, um, if you like the podcast, please uh, give us a review on whichever streaming service that you catch us on. Um, if you have uh, topic suggestions or questions on anything that we discuss, please contact us. You can contact us at The Salty Witches on Instagram. You can contact us at The Salty Witches on Facebook. You are always able to contact us through the Cat and Cauldron website, uh, which is just www.cat, the letter N, catandcauldron.com. Um, and uh, just drop us a line. If you contact us uh, through the website, please make sure that you put a little like, hey, you know, Salty Witches podcast in the subject line so we know how to properly address that. Hey, and uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything you want to say to our our listeners, Austin, before we we go. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay witchy, but make sure you are also taking care of yourself. You know, wear your mask. Well, I mean, that's part of the that's the part of the stay healthy, right? Yeah, like do those things, and please do not allow yourself to be bullied by family members if you do not feel comfortable or able. Yeah, if one of your family members is shitty to you, you get in touch with us and you give us a, a name or for their name and a picture of them, and we will curse them for you. 
we'll make sure that none of their New Year's resolutions come true and that they stub their toes on things a lot in the new year and, and step on many legos yes all the legos like they don't even have kids in the house like legos just appear from they just nowhere appear. exactly <sighs> cool that fucking hurts it's true legos are terrible oh my god i loved legos as a kid but as an adult oh i i hate those fucking things <laughs> anyway all right everybody thank you so much thank you have a good evening or day or whenever you're listening to this <laughs>